Welcome back to the club, ladies and gentlemen. This is your boy, Aristejan, checking in. Coming off the heels of uh, PodCamp 2023. It was such an amazing event. It was such an amazing conference. I connected with a lot of unique individuals, made some connections, did my session, uh, bringing your project uh, slash podcast or show, a.k.a. your baby to life. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm going to be releasing some footage uh, of that day. Uh, soon. So I just want to say thank you to PodCamp for supporting the Who and How Club once again this year in 2023. Glad to see you all back. It feels good to be out of this pandemic era uh, of life. So um, it was just great to see a bunch of people sitting close, not wearing masks, just hanging out, talking podcasts, talking media, talking art, talking life, talking goals. So uh, just thank you to everyone who attended and who purchased a ticket to came to come out and see me. Um, thank you to Sean uh, from the Safe Room Podcast for supporting me that day as well. Shout out to Sarah. Shout out to uh, Pastor June, who was sort of like my camera and uh, video person for that day as well. So um, I hope you all are just in a creative bag and in a creative vibe. You know, we're still at the top of the year. If the the year hasn't started the way you expected it to, you still got time to sort of implement a new structure and a new vibe and a new energy, a new mindset, etc. The challenges are going to come, I guarantee it. I'm speaking from experience. It's been very challenging this this year so far for me, but I'm working through it. And I'll share a lot of those challenges soon. But, uh, you know, next to those challenges, there there have been many successes as well. Um. So anyway, uh, today's episode is a throwback since it is Thursday. Uh, it's a throwback episode. I haven't I haven't actually released it. So I feel like a throwback aren't throwbacks like things you re-release or like repost or reshare. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but it's it's an older ep- it's an episode that I've had in my pocket. I had to sit down with uh, Alan from the Straight Talking Mental Health podcast and uh, he's from Ireland and he's a unique individual and just listening back to the episode as I was editing it I'm like wow I wish I could go back in time and uh, just just by the length of the episode you could tell that I did not want to stop speaking with this guy and uh, I know he felt the same because him and I you know I came on I was a guest on his show before he came on to my show and I haven't shared the episode, the guest spot episode that I made on his show yet. I wanted to put this one out first, his his appearance on mine, because I just feel like you guys you guys need some positive talk. You need some mental health talk right now, something that will uplift you and to remind you that you're not the only ones going through things right about now. You know what I mean? You're not alone in this world. And this episode really represents that and proves that. Um, he's just an individual that I could speak with uh, for hours on hours. So just have a listen, get to know Alan, get to know his platform. I'm going to put links to his show in the description. And I'll also be sharing my appearance on his show very soon as well. Um, but I just wanted to touch base with all of you and check in and give you a heads up on what today's episode is about. And just to thank PodCamp. And uh, I have another big announcement uh, in the in the coming days that I'm going to make. So uh, you'll get a couple episodes 
very close to each other uh, due to this um, this big announcement. You know, last episode was about an announcement. I got more coming, got more content to share with all of you. Keep your head up, stay positive, control your thoughts, because I do believe that your thoughts, you know, can control your feelings. That's something that I learned in therapy. And uh, Alan himself, he's a psychologist and psychotherapist, actually. So we're going to learn a lot about him. You're going to learn a lot about him. I'm going to listen back uh, as if this episode was just recorded yesterday, because the things being spoken about in this episode are very relevant to the 2023 vibe that we're aiming for. Uh, I think we recorded this episode and this sit down back in August. So keep a lookout for the visuals and for um, the audio today. Just, Just indulge. Just sit back drink some tea, close your eyes and listen to this conversation. And uh, let's do a quick read as well from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, I want to send them a huge thank you. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Um, As you all know, BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just have to answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Uh, It is then that you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. I say via, a lot of people say via. I don't know what it is. I got to Google it and see if via is the right way to pronounce that. I say via. Via just rolls off the tongue and I feel like it's best to say via, but that's my opinion. That's what I use. Either way, you can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you, you expect from in-office therapy. But with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more rescheduling, uh, sorry, more scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Speaking of price, get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp slash WhoHow. That's BetterHelp.com slash WhoHow. And that's in capitals, W-H-O-H-O-W. That link will be located in the description uh, today. All right. So once again, you'll get 10% off BetterHelp.com slash WhoHow. Just go to BetterHelp.com slash who how for 10% off your first month of therapy with better help and get matched with a therapist who will listen and help um, help you just you know clear your clear your mind you know it's a journey if you follow me on instagram you'll know i share my journey to therapy um so it, it, it is a journey and I have a lot of updates for you on my journey in the coming episodes. All right. But for now, go to betterhelp.com slash who how get your discount and start your journey to therapy the same way I've started my journey. And I've been uh, sharing my journey uh, for the past couple of years now and my experience with therapy. Uh, I haven't signed up with BetterHelp myself. Uh, but that may be something that I'm going to look forward to because I do believe that you need to change your therapist. You you don't need to stay with the same therapist for, for life. I think having variety is just as important as starting your journey. Um, so, you know, I'm on my second therapist, in fact. 
Um, so uh, we might get, uh, get a new therapist very soon. Um, and by we, of course, I mean me, myself, and I. Um, but yeah, that's just a little bit about my journey. I hope you can start your journey. I hope my stories and my episodes have inspired you to start your own. Shout out to BetterHelp for sponsoring the show. Now let's get to today's episode and uh, enjoy my sit down with Alan Clark from Ireland from the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. Enjoy. Talk to you guys in a week. Guys and girls, boys and girls, men and women. Love you. Club members. Later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Who and How Club. It is your boy, Aristejan, checking in once again. You know the slogan, you are the Who and How Club. I am the Who and How Club, and we are the Who's and How's of this world. Uh, without you, without me, there is no we. So while we're here together, why don't we just uh, shoot the shit, you know? Talk shop, pick each other's brains on uh, various topics uh, things that are really difficult to speak about and people are afraid to touch base on. But, you know, that here on this platform, this is what we do. We just we just speak freely without any judgment. And even though the conversations might be a bit difficult at times and, you know, I like to promote them as healthy debates. Um, so let's do that while we're here on this planet because the world could end tomorrow, you know. Um, but uh, even though we're strangers, we could still learn something from one another as long as we try to speak with each other and pick each pick each other's brains on these topics that, you know, like some of the topics we're going to talk about today. So I have a real special guest on today's episode. Uh, I had the pleasure of being on his platform recently. And, you know, I hate hearing myself sometimes, you know, like listening back to, to anything that I might pop up on. It's a bit cringe even listening to these episodes. It's like, uh, what was I thinking sharing that? But this gentleman was able to get me to really open up fearlessly and to talk about some things that I might have shared on this platform before, uh, but not in the depth that I was able to with him on his platform. So uh, today's episode is really special to me. So you want to introduce yourself to the people, sir? My name is Alan Clark. I'm a psychotherapist in Ireland in private practice. So my degree is in counseling and psychotherapy. My master's is in child and adolescent psychotherapy. And I'm also the host of the Straight Talk and Mental Health podcast, which was my platform for you. And I was able to get those things out of you. <laughs> oh, 100%. And, and I have no doubt it will be reciprocated today. <laughs> You have a talent for, you know, like not a lot of people can do that. So you uh, I commend you for being able to do that. But let's just get some hand claps for Alan today because he won't be able to hear the hand claps, but he will in post. Um, this is really special to me today because of not only the subject matter that we kind of covered on his platform, straight talking mental health uh, or the straight talking mental health podcast, but, you know, um, him being a fellow creator just overall is 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 something that I want to shed light on today because I know at being a creator myself, you know, life gets in the way a lot of our creative, our creativity sometimes, you know, and um, we, you know, just these platforms, I feel like is a form of therapy for ourselves as as being creators, like we're creating for others, but we're also creating for ourselves. Would you agree in that sense? Is, yeah, definitely. Yeah. is that how like I, I know sort of like the background of how your show started and stuff like that. But 
before we get into that, do you look at your platform as that? Is it like therapy for you even, even though you're creating it on the external level for others? Um, at times, I think it has been because, you know, the premise of the, the podcast is it's in the title. We try to talk mental health. It was myself and Peter Dunn, who was a bandmate of mine, a former rapper in Ireland, yeah. middle-aged now. I was a B-boy, now, now I'm a B-man, <laughs> B-middle-aged man. So yeah. myself and Peter started that. Peter stepped out, a couple of podcast co-hosts stepped in. I was doing it with my partner, Ashling. We recently broke up. And the first aspect of the show was always our check-in. So it was always what's going on in our lives, what we've been up to, yeah. how we've been feeling. So we really tried to model these uh conversations around mental health by having those conversations ourselves yes so the the big thing for me was always pushing for that first half hour or so on the podcast yes because that was the bit i enjoyed yes uh, and that was that check-in of what's going on in my life how i'm feeling how the other co-host was feeling yes and that was that was the therapeutic part for me you know my my journey through being diagnosed with autism probably wouldn't have come out if it wasn't for the podcast I was mm. touching on certain things in the podcast and the, the the final the final piece of that was someone we followed on the podcast twitter account uh had put up a tweet saying you know just remember if you find yourself constantly going back to the fact that you may be neurodiverse adhd asd just remember neurotypical people don't always do that right they just know they just know they're not right if that if I hadn't seen that tweet, I'd have my suspicions for a long time, but that tweet was kind of maybe the thing that pushed it over the edge that that, yes. that made me go for the diagnosis. Yes. So the, the the podcast has been therapeutic, but it's also at times, you know, work for me. Mm. You know, you know yourself, you're interviewing guests. This is work for you. Now I get to sit back, you know. I was like, <laughs> oh, Ayers need he needs to come up with the questions. He needs to edit the podcast. <laughs> this bit's all on him. So this this is the part of it. I love that. I, right. I can, I can be open. Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. And, um, you know, when I got a chance to sit with you that that initial meeting, you know, it was it was definitely therapy for me, because like I mentioned earlier, you got me to open up about some things specifically, you know, my father and the absence of of that and we sort of were able to relate on like our our family beginnings and how we were raised and stuff and it was only right that you know you would come back on uh sort of return the favor and be a guest on my show because i wanted to further the discussion and really pick your brain on certain things um but it was like a therapy session for me and not i hope that doesn't devalue the reason why I asked what I asked initially was because I hope it doesn't, you know, some people might look at it and like say, no, this is purely just for entertainment. This is art. I don't want people to feel like it's therapy or whatever, but I try to promote or, or open people's eyes to the fact that, you know, just conversing with another human being is a form of therapy. It gives you perspective, picking people's brains so that maybe you can use them as a soundboard, you know, on some things like to be stuck in your brain all the time by yourself um coming up with scenarios and stuff or you might think one way but maybe you know someone else thinks a different way of that same thing that you're thinking of it's perspective and you could learn from that perspective you don't have to agree you know you also don't have to disagree but you could find some sort of insight when picking other people's brains and and conversing and communication you know like and it's a form of therapy, I feel, you know, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We've actually had a few guests that have been on the show 
you know comment that it, it, it was quite therapeutic it was there was a catharsis of being able to tell their story of you know and obviously as a therapist i'm coming in maybe with questions from a, a different angle and right, right you know knowing what i know i I know what to ask. I know slight bias, slight slight bias. With yeah, the... exactly. I, I can't I can't turn that off. But right. I remember as I, as I spoke about it on on my own show with yourself was it's and exactly what you spoke with there. It's that curiosity. It's that curiosity mm-hmm. about people. Yes, that I think makes me good at my job because you know I, I had a client this, this evening and you know uh, he's he went on a religious pilgrimage. Uh, he was at we were just just discussing religion two very different views on religion and God and stuff like that. But it was this enjoyable conversation of, wow, you get that. Okay. Right. You know, and it was just, mm-hmm. you know, totally different perspectives, but yeah. entirely yeah. entertaining and go, wow, you, you know, no one's, no one's picking on each other here because of what they believe in. Right. It's just like, all right, that's what you think. Okay. Well, this, you know, and he's asking this, what you think? This is what I think, you know, and it's, you know, it was just fascinating. And that curiosity about other people. Yes. And being able to tell, you know, that's why we have guests on to tell the story. So if we're talking about depression or we're talking about anxiety, we have people on that have experienced depression and anxiety. And Majority of people, say, yeah. Everyone. This is what you look out for with anxiety. This is how you treat anxiety. This is someone that's lived it. I yeah. can tell you, well, this this is what's worked for me. This has been yes. my experience. Yes. Uh, or the other serious serious topics that we've covered and people that have attempted suicide people that have serious uh, psychiatric problems coming on and telling what it was like in a psychiatric ward coming on and telling how their grandfather tried to murder their father Mm. you know stuff like this you know it's 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 an honor to be able to tell those stories and to be able to reach people around the world imagine keeping all of that inside i can't picture a world i'm grateful to live in the world that we live in i'm sure as you know there are people around the world that don't have the opportunities that we have and even though that doesn't devalue what we're going through or what we go through on a day-to-day basis we have our own struggles and we can do comparative suffering but i am truly happy to be able to you know not only create a platform for others, I'm sure you can relate to this, but also be able to vocalize and be fearless in sharing our stories, you know, because a lot of people, they don't have the gall to even, they're afraid, they're afraid to share, they're afraid to share their experience. And it's, it's crazy to fathom that, like, there are people who are afraid to do that and they don't think that there are other people that can relate to their stories, you know? Like, you'll never know how how connected we really are until you just open up a little bit, share a little piece of your life, and then you'll hear someone in the background, oh, me too, I experienced that as well. Let's help each other get out of that because I, I got out of it maybe a few years back. Let me try to support you in so that you don't experience it the way I did. Like we could really the learn from one another. Is the, is the Say it again, sir. The, the wounded healer. Wounded healer. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So again, like I just want the people. I'm giving people um context as to why you're here with me today and and how deep our conversations can go. Um. You know, you mentioned check in before we check in because I want us to to kind of do that. Uh, again, thank you because once you had me on the episode and you posted it, I, I went to watch the video and you and Ashling and the words that you had, I, it meant so much to me. And I just want to say thank you. Just thank you for having me on the show. Thank you for your kind words and how you've presented it. I'm excited to promote the episode even further, especially when your episode comes out. Something that I noticed was that I was episode 
if I'm correct, it was I'm episode 98. And I found yeah. it ironic. Like I was born in 89. <laughs> I was born in 1989 and I was the, the reverse. I'm episode 98 of your show. And I, I spoke about something with you very deeply, something that affects me deeply, which is the absence of my father and, you know, birth from birth and from a young and to now and just being born in 89 and being episode 98 kind of like stuck with me. And I'm like, yeah, I was meant to meet Alan and speak with him that day and have you on my show. Like, I, I do feel like even conversations are meant to be, you know what I mean? Are you a person that thinks like that about the world? Like, um, do you believe in things like fate or, you know, things not happening just by chance, like things being yeah. meant to be? Like, what are your thoughts on stuff like well, that? Well, Carl Jung would call something like that synchronicity. Yes. Uh, I, I was raised Catholic, um, you know, Irish Catholic. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that at one point was something I, I truly believed in. I had, uh, you know, went, went faced some dark nights of the soul, I think would be a good way of describing it. Mm. and have gone the total opposite i've gone to kind of the existential philosophy kind of thing of you know life has no meaning but the meaning we give it ourselves mm. um you know and that's that's a that was a difficult time in my life to go from you know being raised catholic you know organized religion in this country has done a lot of has done a lot of damage so, you know, stepped away from the organized religion part of it, but still had a very strong belief in God and faith and everything happens for a reason and stuff like that. And, you know, I found that very comforting. Mm. And going through, starting off doing meditation course, became a Buddhist, reassessed everything I believed in, and to the point of now being not believing in God, not believing in faith, believing that, you know, the only meaning that can be found is the meaning that we give life ourselves. Mm. And I had, you know, I mentioned earlier, I was at a, I had a family funeral this morning. My my great aunt died, and I was, I was sitting in the church, and, you know, I was looking around, and I was thinking, you know, be good to believe, be good to believe, and find comfort that I'll see her again. You know that there's, you know, this is all part of a bigger plan. Um, but personally, it's, I I don't believe that. I was like, okay, that's that's that you know and there's having to put that closure on it um but i see i see the merit and the comfort in it mm. which at one time provided a lot of comfort for me right but as as it stands it, it's not something it's not something that i believe in i i think you know a very common thing out here you know I, I don't know if you have it over there but a very common expression in ireland will be what's for you won't pass you mm. meaning it's kind of if it's meant to be it'll be mm. and and i think that I think that creative that can create a very passive attitude mm. in people, you know. Whereas, well, if if it's if I want it, I need to go and get it. Mm. You know, it's not going to knock on my door. Mm. So, if it's meant to be, it will be. What's for you won't pass you. Um, yeah. It's like no, I think I think you need to work on it. You, you you need to do what you have to do to gauge and put put the work in to to maximize the, the opportunity for it happening. Mm. Um, so what is, let, let's, let's come back to that in a second, but I want to, I don't want to take away from, you know, the passing of your great aunt. I wanted to ask if you're close with her. 
did you two have like a deep relationship at all? Yeah, we would have. We would have been. Um, so I mean, she was ninety two, so she you know, she had a good run. Uh, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen her in a in a, in a few years, uh, and her, her health was deteriorating. Um, but for anyone that's been in Dublin City, one one smell that is there that is probably nowhere else in the world is the smell of the Guinness Brewery. Mm-hmm. So the, the you know the brew Guinness in in Dublin City, right on right on the keys there in the Liffey. And my aunt used to, when I was a kid, she would bring me into into Dublin City, into Thomas Street, and that smell of Guinness, that smell of the hops from the brewery, just brings me straight back. Mm. You know, the and the reason why smells elicit such memories for us is because the hippocampus uh, is beside, which is involved in memory processing and stuff like that, is beside the olfactory part of the brain. So it's a really short jump from a memory to a smell mm. internally in the brain mm. and just that whenever i get that smell it, it reminds me of her always and you know now that now that she's passed it will always it'll always be associated with her which is why i love the smell of the guinness brewery because i had those positive memories with her of being brought in on the bus and you know pick out whatever you want you know just totally being spoiled and yeah. stuff like that so it was I know um, you shared your thoughts about, you know, fate and all that jazz, but, you know, being there today and understanding that she's she's no longer here with us in the physical, where do you think she goes next? What's next for her? Uh, there's a great, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but there's a great, um, I think it's become a meme to have it, to have the words on text. And it's something like why, Something like why you want a physicist to speak at your to speak at your funeral, you know, of how energy can't be created, energy can't be destroyed, or energy lives on. It's in the, you know, the photons that bounce around have bounced off. The things we can't see. Absolutely, that that that's that essence, I suppose. Yes. Exists on a on a minuscule, invisible yes. form. So yes. I think there's comfort in that to know, you know, part of her, you know. The world has been changed because of because of her in it, and aspects of that, mm-hmm. aspects of that live on, mm-hmm. you know that that live on in me that shaped me for who I am because of because of having known her and um, so it's uh, it's I think that's a lovely that, that's a lovely sentiment. Yes, to yes. believe that parts of her are, are still out there. Yes, new um, you know I. Thorell, I, I can't remember if I shared this with you on the show, but like some of the work that I I do, you know, outside of creativity, I work in the social services field and I've worked with the within the homeless sector and with youth. And, uh, you know, the way I started is I, I, I started as a participant in some of these programs. And ever since I started, checking in and checking out was always something I was introduced to. And the way we would check in, which I utilize today with the, the youth groups that I work with today, even, you know, we check in, we, we, we say like a highlight and a low light of our day or of our week. So highlight being something sort of positive, low light being the opposite of that, or they could feed into one another. And then there's sort of 
have like a check-in question or sometimes we'll have like a check-in ball with a bunch of questions so you toss it up in the air and wherever your thumb lands on it that's your question and then you pass it around the circle so it, you know you kind of shared I, I i don't know and i don't want to assume i don't know if the funeral for you was a highlight or low light but i'll let you decide but let's start off with a high and low it could either be i mean we're only on tuesday but uh it could be of your week or it could be of your day. So highlight and low light. I'll share mine as well, if you like. Yeah, so, yeah, it's very close, very similar to what we have in the podcast, of Smiles and Riles. Um, yeah, so the, the funeral is is probably both, uh, you know, a highlight and a low light. Obviously, my aunt has passed, but, you know, she got to 92. And, you know, I've seen a lot of family that I wouldn't have seen in years. You know, cousins, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, you know, and... There's one thing you're guaranteed at, at an Irish funeral, and that's that's the crack. Like, that's fun. That's jokes. <laughs> that's that's how we deal with death. Yeah, I saw that term on on a lot of your uh, a, a lot of your information, right? And I'm like, yeah. what is that? But in context, I'm like, I know what he means, but it's yeah, not a so term I'm familiar for. So. For for people that know, you know, obviously the North American listeners are going to have a a very different experience of crack. But C A R C R A I C crack is an Irish word. Okay. Uh, it just means having the fun, having the banter, having the, you know, if you're in the pub and you're with your friends, you know, you're having the crack. If you're, you know, if there's a, a sing song going on in the pub or, you know, that, that kind of thing, you're having the crack. You know, at times on the podcast, we've had the crack. Yeah. You know, we just, so we call it snapping. We call it snapping. Like you're snapping on someone. Like you got to be quick. You got to be quick on your feet. The back and forth kind of thing. Like we call it snapping. Yeah. yeah. So just just seeing my family having a bit of crack outside the church, you know, it's obviously a very somber experience. And then my uncle, who's you know, his his health is deteriorating as well, and mm. you know, he has one of those rollators, you know, the thing you can use to walk on, but you can also and also has wheels as well. Mm. So he was sitting on that, and he just started rolling down the footpath. <laughs> He's fucking freaking out, and the, the the coffin is getting taken out of the car. And we're laughing, and like Jesus Christ, what are you doing? Like. So, you know, thing, things like that is, you know, there's, there's humor to be found in, yes. in, in those moments as well. Yes, so, that, yeah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's a, a low light and probably a highlight uh, as well. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, a highlight of mine, I think, would be, and not to sound corny, but it is, you know, being on this call today, I feel like. Uh, I need this as well. You know, I need, you know, I, I wasn't sure because we were having some technical difficulties in the beginning. <laughs> so I, I'm sweating bricks. I'm like, oh, my God, here we go. And we've already had to reschedule a few times. And I'm like, God, just just make this happen today, you know. So I, I just shut everything down and I'm like, let's figure this out. Once And sometimes you just have to take a step back, restart, you know. So um just being able to sit with you finally and and to it's sort of like a follow-up for us it's definitely a highlight um low light today um i don't have any today but it kind of my day today blends in from yesterday's day because yesterday i was having a conversation with my baby sister and she's turning 23 this year and um we're 10 years apart You know, so we have this connection that is very different from from everyone else in the family. I don't know why I I call her twin, even though she's not my twin identical. I call her that because we're very similar. And uh, when it's time for me to be a big brother, there's something about 
I get this urge inside of me that I just want to be there for her, no matter what. Even if I just have to shut the fuck up and listen, I'm going to be that for her. That's how much I, I care for her. And, um, you know, we had a really in-depth conversation last night about things she's going through and things I've been through. And I'm trying to guide her to be like, look, I've been there. done. I, I understand what you're going through because I've been there. You know, I'm not just saying that because I'm your brother. And I just had to be honest with her about a moment in life where I told her, like, throughout my life, her name is Larissa. Throughout my life, I've had to make decisions that I never really wanted to make. And you'll realize that as you get older, as you grow, forget about age, just as you experience, you're going to have to make decisions that you really don't want to make. But you making them will make you stronger. If, if you can live with the hardest of hard decisions that you don't want to make, sometimes you feel like you're forced to make them. Like, let's just say you might love someone, but they're not good for you. So you must release them. They could be your mother, your family member, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, whoever. It's like, I love this person so deeply, but I have to remove myself and release them. That's a decision one may not want to make. But yeah. what's the alternative? Staying in it? You know, like driving yourself crazy, compromising yourself. So just that conversation, like I had to make a lot of decisions yesterday and she kind of closed off the day last night. So today I'm feeling free from those decisions, like accepting that I had to make those decisions. But yesterday was a roller coaster of emotions. And today I'm just like this. So I don't know if you can relate to anything that I'm saying. I'm sharing this in depth because I want to know if you can relate. And uh, just what are your thoughts? What are your ways you can't even imagine? <laughs> I haven't just gone through a breakup a few weeks ago. With, with, a few weeks ago. Exact, with, you know, with, with that exact premise of, you know, we, we wanted different things. And, uh, you know, so my ex, Ashling, who I hosted the podcast with, she yeah. lived up in Northern Ireland, you know, two and a half hours away. Yes. Um and you know eventually it was looking like you know she she wanted me to move up there i've I've too much down here like my home like my business you know i've established a good reputation as a therapist i don't need to advertise and you know my friends are here my family are here mm. so it would have been a case of you know moving while it's on the same island it is essentially a different country <laughs> you know to get into the politics of the republic of ireland and northern ireland so i would essentially be moving to a new country uh, with no friends no family no support, mm. leaving behind my job, leaving behind my home. Mm. And it just wasn't something I was able to do, you know, and both of us kind of recognized, okay, we, we both want very different things. And it was a case of, we, we just, we just, we just got to go our separate ways. You know, there's no ill feeling. There's no, it's not a nasty breakup. There's no malice mm -hmm. in it or anything like that. It's just, yeah, yeah it's, it's you know, I'm not, I was like, and I can't, you know, I can't stand in the way of what she wants. You know, I can't deprive her of the chance of, of having that with someone else, you know, to live with someone and to, to build that life with someone. So, you know, it's difficult to, to come to terms with that. But ultimately, you know, sometimes the hard thing and the right thing are the same thing. And it was the hard thing because it was the right thing. Right. So that's I'm glad you mentioned that because I wanted to kind of focus on that part. So now speaking of decision making is does this fall in the category of a decision? And I'm only going to focus on you because I don't know that person or whatever, but you 
as Alan, is that does that fit in the category of a decision you did not want to make? Because it sounds like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You you probably yeah. want to be in this relationship, but you can't due to other, um, not circumstances, but um, what's a term that I can use? Like you're you're sort of you're already established in in a certain way in a certain area of your life you know so you're bound to these things that you've already set forth you know you've set up your foundation already but you probably don't want to be out of this relationship but now you have to make this decision and then if you were to make the decision to go with her it may also be still a decision that you don't really want to make because now you're leaving other things like your identity the things that you so it's like is it a damned if you do damned if you don't yeah, I think I think so. And, you know, it's a very different experience when you're self-employed as well. You know, I worked for myself for, you know, eight or nine years now or whatever, whatever it may be. And, you know, thankfully, you know, pretty good at my job. People respect what I do. Mm-hmm. I have a reputation. I don't need to advertise for clients. So to give all of that up and start from zero is... You know, that's that's a massive decision. And obviously, no one goes into a relationship with the expectation that they're going to break up. Mm. But you all, I also have to be realistic as well and go, if it didn't work out, where does that leave me? You know, it's enough to move up there and uh, start with nothing. Mm. But to do that and then things don't work out. And then I'm back here. There's currently a housing crisis in Ireland. So even if I could find somewhere to live, could I afford somewhere to live? I'm 45 now, you know, whatever age it would be if I moved up there, whatever age it could be when I moved back here, a very likely scenario would be I have to go back living with my mother <laughs> as a grown-ass man. <laughs> so You're killing me. You know, grown-ass man, yeah. It's yeah. a little idealistic to go, well, you know, you're just focusing on the negative. It's like, I'm not focusing on the negative. I'm just being real there. Now I have one last, I have one question because I don't want to harp and I have a check-in question for you, which kind of, it'll segue into it. But why is the option of her moving to you not, was that on the table? Well, she, she has children, her children are up there, you know, they're in school and stuff like that. And, you know, the reality of it is, is the cost of living in the Republic of Ireland is absolutely ridiculous. You know, she's up there, they've got the NHS, free healthcare, go to your doctor, it's free, get your prescriptions, it's free. Go to the hospitals. It's free. You know that's not an option down here. Like, mm. so well, just not feasible, I suppose. And and it's a difficult scenario for 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 two people. You know, in a very similar place in life of having children and having having established a, a home base, I suppose, to yeah. to give that up. Well, I've been there, brother. Trust me. I just had to. There's this one girl that. Uh, I try to use different terms because um, my mother told me I need to stop referring to the people I speak with as girls. I, I should look for a woman. If I don't, if I don't consider her a woman and only a girl, and I only speak of her as such, then she's probably not the right person. And there is a person who I consider to be a woman, but she's not a woman. She's a girl. So, I, but I've had to let her go, and it pained me to let her go, even though I hold, I held her in reverence. You know, I thought she was. A bit more mature i thought she was smarter i thought she was um more willing you know like I, she just things have changed now man when it comes to dating 
and and the the people you run into and it's really scary it's like it's almost safer to be by oneself like you know and i'm starting to real i'm not trying to become cynical with it but it's just you want to find your equal you want to find a match you want to find something that just makes sense for both parties not imbalance like imbalance isn't cool anymore it was at one point when you're young and you don't give a shit and you're just having fun and you you're learning things you know experience with relationships you're gonna go through all those ups and downs and the imbalances and that's fine but when you get to a certain stage of life you kind of want peace and quiet you want balance you want things that make more sense to your life and hopefully you can make what you're doing make sense to theirs as well it's about the synchronicity the um just the energy between the both of you like are you on the same page with things and sometimes i just i feel dirty because <laughs> i'm like why did i waste time but it's okay it's okay it wasn't a waste of time it was less it's lessons learned and it makes room yeah. for for something new are you in that stage yet where you're like you're you understand that if since this thing might not be meant to be it leaves room for something new for me to experience are you in that mind frame yet yes and no yes i am no because fuck online dating <laughs> tinder fucking sucks the life out of me oh man i Oh, I take you 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 kind of strike me as a man who would meet like someone in person like you're in person kind of guy you know this is this is the reality of my job you know it's not a lot of people meet people through work I can't mm-hmm. meet people through work that's a client facts yes <laughs> you know so it's and the job itself as a therapist is a very isolating job yeah it's not it's not an equal relationship yes you know, there's some clients that, you know, I would have had, you know, long-term relationship with, you know, I might have seen them for a long time and there's no bits and pieces from my life and, you know, but it's still not a conversation. Right. I can okay. share little pieces as yeah. it, as it's relevant to their life. Right. You know, when, when a client walks in the door, very often, just as, you know, social norms, someone will say to me, oh, how are you? And I'll just go, I'm good. Right. And, you know, clients that have seen me for a while, I might say to them, that's the only way I'll ever answer that question. Yeah, that's as far because as... You... What do you want me to say? I was like, well, you know what? I'm actually shit. You know, I've had a really bad day. I'm fucking going through a lot. I was like, I'm never going to say that. That sets a bad tone session. right off the bat. This, yeah. is, this yeah. is not my session. It's not about you. Yeah. So, you know, meeting people in person is very difficult for me due to my profession. Um uh, Meeting people in person for me is very difficult because I'm also autistic. Mm. So the viable option, given given my work, I'm a single dad as well, is online dating. Mm. And online dating is just, it drains the life out. And, and it'll, it'll fucking suck the self-esteem out of you as well. <laughs> so yeah. you know, dealing with that is a whole other issue. Yeah, and also like you sometimes you don't know who you're speaking with and sharing so much online. It's like like me, I haven't been on online dating in a while. I do have a plan for myself for the next couple months, maybe like it's summertime right now, but I look at uh the fall as my summer. That's that's the time of the year that I kind of flourish. I'm not a summer guy. I hibernate during the summer. I'm I'm depressed during the summer. Like I don't like summer, I don't like heat, but when October rolls around 
I am the best version of myself. I don't know why. I don't. I was born in April, but fall and spring, fall, winter, spring, uh, even like the latter of spring, I don't really enjoy. But I love rain and everything. So um, I I told myself that in the fall, my summer, uh, I'm gonna go back on the online thing and maybe start meeting new people. But for now, I'm gonna take a break to myself. But I'm already dreading those conversational pieces it's like i just want to get straight to the point if you're interested let's meet and then we can speak and even then it shouldn't even be an interview like people don't have great people skills anymore and i think it's because of the online thing yeah there's too many options there's, there's no engagement there's you know you say one thing i don't like gone unmatched that makes no sense on to the, on to the next person you know i think it's I think it has given uh, an opportunity for people to just go, nah, fuck this shit. You know, mm. there's there's plenty more people I can talk to. I, you know, I don't need to. I don't need to talk to you. You have said one thing that I don't like. We don't see the value in in people, and then even when you do end up meeting with someone, it becomes like an interrogation. Like you can't get to know me within a few hours. I'm sorry. Let's just enjoy this fucking meal and shut up. Like, let's let's embrace. Let's... I, I would say that's a rookie mistake here, man. Going for a meal oh. on the first date. You know, I, I've learned a hard way. Coffee or something, something light on the first date. Okay, okay. Because okay. I've I've been stung before where someone walked in. Their photographs were about ten years old, and they walked in, and I was like, no, that is not them. And, I, and I had been planning. You know, I was like, because we've been getting on brilliant. We were texting and I was like, you know, the banter was back and forth. It was good fun. I was like, no, nah, get a get him. You know, I went straight from work, I think. We get a meal, you know, pay for dinner. And the person walked in and I was like, ah, oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm gonna <laughs> so I was like, do you want to get some tea? He's like, no, I'm just going to have a cup of tea. I was like, gulp, tea and a walk. gulp and gone. <laughs> tea and a walk and maybe some ice cream or something. I'm going to I'm gonna be very strategic. That's that's the hard lesson learned that, you know, I'm passing on my... Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank as you. someone that's been burned. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, man. That's why... Plus, you know, as a gentleman, obviously, you would, you would pay for dinner. And, you know, otherwise... Yeah. You're but you want to pay for someone who's sucks. worth that. Like, I Yeah, exactly. I want to find the value. If I want someone to see the value in me... I also want to see the value in them. And how do you do that? You kind of work for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Just because I'm seeing you today doesn't mean I'm obligated. Just like you're not not obligated to suck my dick. Like, we're no <laughs> no one's obligated here. Let's just... Yeah. I mean, if it happens, great. If it happens, yeah. If I want to pay... Like, if we want to go get some food because the vibe is right, okay, let's do it. But, like... Absolutely, yeah. That's the way to do it. What happened to spontaneity? Why does it have... I don't like feeling like I'm being interrogated. Like... What's your life like? How like this, this, that, that, like the the it's like I'm layered. <laughs> you won't get to know me in this little moment here or your your prepared questions that you have for me. And if I don't meet that criteria, you're out. Yeah. It, I'm an experience. You gotta be around me a bit more. Like there's more to us as people. Like we have to see the value in one another to want to sit and meet and converse and pick the brain of someone else. What are your thoughts, Alan, on, on religion or like the way the world is now? Or um, are you family oriented? What does family mean to you? Can you cook? Like, let's, let's go deep into like people's, their attributes, you know, like really find those things out. What can they, how are they as a being? 
existing in this day to day world. But it's, it's, I mean, it's the sign of the times that it's just all so superficial. Like, mm. yeah, it just a superficial it's, time. Yeah, it's just all surface level. There's, there's mm. no depth. You know, it's mm. yeah, onto the next person. You know, don't like that. You know, mm. bang, next. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you've heard anything so far from between Alan and I and the things that we're kind of just shooting the shit about uh, and you want to, you know, pick Alan's brain on some of the things that he said so far, just touch base with him uh, on social media. I'm going to leave links to the to his show as well as his uh, social media in the description below. You could always touch base with me at who how club or uh, who how club at gmail.com or just look up the website who how club dot com. And, uh, you know, you could uh, submit a question or just reach out to us on our Instagrams and uh, just touch base. Uh, you can leave a comment in the comment section below uh, on this video as well because we're doing it visually today over Zoom. Alan is my first guest from Ireland, so he gets that crown. Um, if you haven't heard him mention already, or even just by his accent, he is from Ireland, so he's my first guy. He's my first Irish guest, and uh, I'm I'm blessed to have him today. So um, going back to your, to the check-in question of the day, uh, Alan, I wanted to ask you how do how do you sort of like deal with the and you could you could answer this you know personally or even just sort of as, as a message to the listeners and supporters on how they can deal with it but how do we deal with the ups and downs of of day-to-day life you know i'm sure you see it you know full 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 blown in the work that you do you know people experiencing ups and downs we see it in the news we see it in social media we go through it in our lives and we're both people that uh, do the work that we do to try to support others but sometimes when supporting others we forget to support ourselves so how does how can one kind of deal with the ups and downs or how do you deal with ups and downs yeah i think you know you touched on an important point there around kind of emotional burnout you know compassion fatigue as it's called of you know taking on everyone taking on everyone else and, and what they go through what i'd see a lot in, in a lot of clients is you know, they might be going great. They might be making great progress. Um, and then something happens. And then they're like, oh, shit, I fucking, I thought I was doing great. You know, I've come so far. Now this has happened. I was like, that's life. Mm. Life is going to throw shit at you. Mm. You know, it's, we have the ups and downs, you know. And I think being able to detect the kind of early warning signs can be a good way to stop things getting on top of us so for example you know today i had as i had the funeral i went straight literally ate in the car as i was driving driving back to my office uh, and even the clients uh, the interview with yourself so for me it's like i'm not going to the gym tomorrow morning <laughs> it's just and not that i need much of a reason yeah. for that but it's just like i've got too much on you know mm. i i know i need, and for me the best way to look after myself is, is sleep in the same way that when things aren't good for me my sleep is interrupted mm. so it, for me you know there's, there's not an organ in your body that probably isn't affected when your sleep is affected in the same way that there's not an organ in your body that's not affected by the better when your sleep is good mm. so it has a huge impact on our mental health and has a huge impact on our on our physical health 
and that's always a kind of early warning sign for me. So even after the, you know, after the breakup, you know, I was waking up, I was waking up in the middle of the night, you know, there's a lot of stuff being processed in my unconscious and I'm like, ah, shit, you know, here we go. This, this can, this, this can end badly if, if I let it, you know, but you know, I've, I've been often on the podcast about, you know, the uh, history of history of depression going back to, to a teenager and that's the kind of warning signs. You know, for me, when the sleep starts getting interrupted, it is uh, too much, too much going on at the moment. And, you know, that can be, that can lead to a downfall. But, you know, I'm pretty good with that sort of thing. The thing that, the thing that really gets to me in terms of my mood is, and, you know, it goes back to what I said earlier about the profession can be, can be quite isolating. Uh, and after a recent breakup is kind of that feeling of loneliness. You know, mm. I, I live on my own and a single dad. So I might have my son on I might have my youngest son James on a Thursday, he goes back on a you know Friday midday. And that is the rest of the weekend on my own many times. Mm. You know, my friends, they have their own they have their own kids, they have their own families, they're not available. You know, the autism doesn't lend itself to being quite social and going out into pubs and stuff like that. And you know, and I have done it in the past. But that isolating experience of the work and sometimes i get in and i'm just fucked i am wiped you know and you know many times it's straight literally in the front door and straight up to bed i'll yeah. read in bed i'll watch watch an episode or something maybe on netflix and then i'm, and then I'm gone nice. um so a real trigger for myself around my own mental health of and you know what gets me down is that experience of loneliness because it's you know it's something i've experienced throughout my life only last year i found out Oh, there's a reason for that. Why you felt very different and why, you know, you felt people didn't get you. And it's because your brain is literally wired differently. You mm. are autistic, what would have been called Asperger's. Mm. And all of that made a lot of sense. then. But it's, it can still be a trigger for me because the result of, you know, one of, the, one of the social aspects of autism is, you know, difficulty developing friendships, difficulty maintaining friendships. And my life now as an adult is as a result of that. You know, small, you know, I'm I'm very much keep your circle small. You know, I'm not someone with you know the same way, yeah. And you know to the point where there is no circle. <laughs> friends, you know, yeah. it's a small circle. Mm. Uh, you know, that, that I would trust and I would open up to and stuff like that. But that limits life. That becomes a very limiting experience in terms of uh, social opportunities. Mm. So life is ups and downs, becoming aware of what it is that gets you down. What are, what are your personal triggers? You know, I've, I've spoken about it on the podcast myself recently of, you know, people having to manage their own triggers. Mm. Life doesn't come with a fucking trigger warning. You know, calling for such and such a film to have a trigger warning because, you know, I think of the aspect I was talking about was around a new Thor movie and they're calling for a trigger warning because, you know, I won't give a spoiler, because of something that happens in the films. Like, it happens in it happens life. In life. You know, people need to manage how they get through life and not uh, absolve themselves of responsibility for their own triggers. Mm. You know, Mark Twain said, you know, life owes you nothing. It was here before you were. So, you know, expecting everyone to bend to, to make us comfortable only mm. prolongs the distress. Mm. So, you know, you have to kind of face that you know, through personal therapy or through your own personal growth, your own personal work, 
to ensure you don't get triggered mm. i'm blaming people then for triggering you it's yeah. like it's your trigger yes yeah they're not responsible they're not responsible for your trigger and yeah. I, that's something that i've tried to uh i'm gonna use the term preach but i don't mean to use that term it's like because it's just that people aren't aware of that they they're blaming people for you can't blame someone external or something external for the trigger the tr that thing's gonna exist with or without you so it's on it's your job to manage your triggers and it might come across insensitive to some but yeah, it's yeah. just the truth it's just the fact of the matter and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about, you know, making decisions that you might not want to make. If my mother is a trigger for me, her behavior, and and she's going to continue being who she is, which is my mother, yeah. all I can do is control myself in that instance. And maybe I may not, I may have to lessen the amount of time I spend with my mother. I don't want to. Yeah. But I have to for my own yeah, well-being. Yeah. And it go and then we beat ourselves up for making these decisions because we don't want to make those decisions. We wish uh, we had a perfect life. You know, we wish that we could get along with our mothers and it could be a perfect mother-son relationship or mother-daughter relationship. But it's not the fact. It's not possible. It's you're going to come across these challenges. And this is what makes you actually a better person. It, steel sharpens steel. So if you can't manage your own challenges or triggers, then what are you alive for? I find, you know, like you, this is what life is about. Those ups and downs, the roller coaster a little bit, you know, but there are some rides and I'm going to use the theme park analogy because I've been using it lately with some of the girls I've been speaking with. I've been stuck on a merry-go-round with some of the girls that I've been with, you know, and and some of them will come back into my life to say, you know, I, I still want to continue something with you. But I pitch it to them as, OK, if you want to do this, well, I'm getting off the merry-go-round. So are you going to come off with me or are you going to stay on there? Because if you decide to stay there, you'll be on it by yourself because I want to enjoy the rest of the fair. I want to go get cotton candy. I want to try some different rides. That roller coaster over there, I'm always going to be on it because that's life. The roller coaster represents life. It's the ups and downs, the twirls, and I'm accepting of that ride. I'll go on it all day, every day. Fine. As hard as it's going to get, as many tears, we got to do it. But that merry-go-round, I don't have to do it. But so it's a choice, you know, I could go on, um, I could go play whack-a-mole, I could go, I, there are, I have options, you know, and we stay on these merry-go-rounds a lot. And we don't realize that we're in these vicious cycles. And we really need to like manage it. Because that's what will make us better beings, managing it, not letting it manage us. You know what I mean? I'd rather control that merry-go-round than be a participant on it for the rest of my life. And and it takes a strong individual, and I'm sure you've been through this, to be like, oh shit, I'm on the merry-go-round. I need to get off. Like sometimes you don't realize it until there's a moment that like like a light bulb that switches and it's like, okay, I need to get off this. And it, you're either going to come with me or you're going to stay on there, but I'm not going to be on this anymore. Has there been any moments that you could think of 
that where that merry-go-round analogy kind of fits your life where like you were in a vicious cycle and then you woke up one day and you're like you know what i'm done yeah yeah oh yeah yeah absolutely i mean something i would have been guilty of um for for many years would and you know given given the nature of my job you know is being the quotation marks the fixer Mm. you know so what what happened was and you know this this took a couple of years for me to kind of figure out for myself was you know so I, i'd be dating with people and i'd be like you know people going like she was fucking nuts like she was fucking <laughs> but, you know the two things people used to always say to me was like one how are you single you know they're like you're such a good catch right. and then was fucking hell you can pick him <laughs> so, i i this and this took me an awful long time so i would i would I would find myself in dating or in relationships with uh, people with, you know, that would have had traumatic backgrounds, you know, mm-hmm. traumatic childhoods and that manifested then in, in the relationship. Um, stuff would come to the surface and, you know, things would get set off. And it was getting to the point where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, did, you know, when I first meet these people, I can't know all of this. I, I can't know there's red flags there that I'm ignoring and stuff like that. Mm. Well, it took me an awful long time to figure out what it was. And what it was, was it wasn't me. It wasn't them to me. Although as we got into it, I played my part in it. Mm. It was me to them. And a part of that is one of the first things you ask people, what do you do? I'm a psychotherapist. So very often what happens then unconsciously is people that have had, you know, trauma or, you know, have had these negative experiences or, you know, have issues with mental health. Mm-hmm. That for them is like, ooh, mm-hmm. you know, this is very appealing. Here's someone that is, you know, hopefully has their shit together that can maybe help me. Mm-hmm. I, I remember dating, I remember dating a girl who was a, she was a friend of a friend and she'd commented something on my friend's Facebook and I was like, oh, who's your friend? You know, mm. I sit into my friend's DM and was like, who, who's your friend? Mm. And she's like, oh, you know, da, 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 da. So I ended up going on dates with this girl. The good old days when that would happen. No one does that anymore. I wish they did, yeah. man. Like the friend yeah, hookups. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I'm a good sell. Like people that know me, people that know me love me. Like, you know, yes. geez, he's really interesting, you know? He, yes. you know? So if anyone would like to <laughs> pimp yeah. me out, I'm all yeah. for it. <laughs> So uh, I had a date with this girl. First date went well. Second date, orange flag. Third mm. date, red flag. Mm. Now at this at this point, I had learned my lesson the hard way of you know going into these relationships with my I can fix you with them wanting to be fixed and me I can fix you, mm. and I knew it didn't get me anywhere. Mm. So I was talking to my friends and explaining, and she said something like, "Oh, but you know, yeah, she's got a lot of shit, like, but." you know, someone like you could really help her out. And I said, I'm not looking for a client. This doesn't work. I know how this situation plays out because I've done it. What happens is I'm going to want her to change. She's not going to want to change and she's going to resent me for trying to make her change. And, you know, the the wisdom of that is don't be getting into a relationship expecting to change someone. Mm. I remember, I remember, I remember hearing something years ago. It was, uh, every every woman marries a man expecting them to change, and he doesn't. Every man marries a woman expecting her not to change, and she does. <laughs> so, with the expectation, Jesus, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
bring us back one step. Say that again. But I need the listeners. You just hit me. Go again. So this is this is the same. I don't know if it's Irish or something, but it's every every woman marries a man expecting him to change, and he doesn't. And every every man marries a woman expecting her not to change, and she does. Fuck that fuck marriage just every relationship that's like almost every relationship but but you know this is what wisdom you know this is what hard hard fought wisdom teaches just like don't be getting into someone something with someone expecting them to change you know if look we all have our little our little things that you know we can work with but fundamentally personality differences aren't going to work and this this um, notion that opposites attract yes it just isn't true it it you know at the start initially yes but all the research shows it it does opposites don't last i think they attract but they don't last you know like it's that curiosity like you know like we we were saying earlier you're curious about something that is not of your it's not cut from your cloth of your we all look for we all look for you know parts lacking in ourselves in someone else yes you know so myself uh, as an introvert you know, would typically have more extroverted girlfriends. Yeah. Now that's okay, depending on the level of extroversion. If you get someone that's as, as I've had that is, you know, really extroverted and wants to go out the whole time. Yes. I'm gonna fucking hate that because I don't want to go out all the time. <laughs> and they're gonna fucking hate that I don't want to go out yes. all the time. Yeah. So you miss out on these shared experiences. You know, yeah. or you know, if one person, you know, if their idea of a, a good day out is oh let's you know, let's go check out a museum. Let's go, and the other person is, let's go sit in the pub. You know, opposites attract. Mm. But they don't last because these things eventually get in the way. I think that's going to be the uh, the title of today's episode. Opposites attract, they don't last. Because yeah. I think that's a little gem right there for people to, um, to sort of indulge in. Now, uh, we're talking about a lot of great things, and in that, in through these conversations, I'm sure people are getting to know you just as a person, right? But I want to know. There's like this segment that I do. It's like I've been trying to find a word for like a, a proper title. I'd call it like a lightning round, but I'm thinking of calling it who and how personals. And it's where I ask questions that sort of follow. You know, the show's called the Who and How Club, so it focuses on who you are and how you became the you that you are. And the moment I learned about the five W's, you know, the who, what, when, where, why, and also sometimes how especially when creating stories and stuff like that um i i i it's sort of like the gimmick of the show you know we use the the five w's to get to know people so i've been i've been restructuring lately and i'm like let me make that sort of like the lightning round um we have these full-blown in-depth conversations and then we go into this lightning round that it's like it's focused on the who what when where why how of the person we're speaking with um but what i want you to try to do is because um, these moments tend to be very dramatic. It's like, try to find maybe one, unless I'm asking, you know, like I need three responses from you, try to find at least one or two words to respond with with this, because it's like a lightning round, right? Okay. Um, so we're going to just dive into it and test it out. Uh, you're like the guinea pig today. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you could just a- answer this for us, Alan, like, um, you know, who are you? But... Think deeper, not your name. You know, like if let's just say this was your Tinder new Tinder profile, and you know, and you had to describe yourself in like three words, how would you describe 
yourself in three words. Who are you? Who is Alan? A good man. Mm. Um, what drives you? Doing the right thing. Why are you here? <laughs> In your opinion. Mm. To be remembered. Mm. Um, we know you're from Ireland. I'm going to ask, where are you from? But think deeper, not just location, but where, like, where do you come from? Where's the place that... Pardon? Childhood trauma. <laughs> oh, I can relate. I can relate. But, you know, where does that Alan Clark charm, let's say, stem from? Like, where where did you pick that up from, you know? Like, the version of who I see today or who we hear today. You know, where does that come from for you? Trying to understand people. Mm. And, and learning making people laugh makes you likable mm. um i wanted to know like uh you know like what what keeps you um going you know i know you're a father i know you enjoy the work that you do i know what drives you but like we could all just quit today <laughs> I, I make this joke that's a bit uh, very, uh, it could be looked at as cynical, but like we're all kind of, the world is filled with people who have not committed suicide. Because <laughs> we could all just end it. I could end it. I know it's scary, but if I really didn't want to be here, I have the option to not be. And that's existential philosophy. That's John Paul Sartre says, as long as you're alive, you've made a choice. Mm, mm, and any given time, you can kill yourself. Mm, Every day is a choice. I wasn't aware of that. I'll need you to text me that so I could look that person up. But, um, you know, speaking of choice as well, decision making has been a huge part in my life lately. I'm learning how to make decisions. I used to just let things fly and, and just float, but I'm learning how to make decisions and stick to them. So, so I'm going to ask you about uh, decision making, but what, what keeps you going? Like what keeps you not quitting, not wanting, you know, to, to continue to be here? coming close to not being here before yes yes yeah. facing that as a teenager of near suicide yeah um, you know and i suppose hope there's you know i'm i'm an internal optimist i don't know if you can see it in the background but there is uh, a great gatsby the great gatsby book cover mm -hmm. is, is framed in the background and yeah. you know i think gatsby is always has always appealed to me and it's a book I will read over and over again, you know, so if I finish it, I'll, I'll start reading it again, um, you know, because it's just a hope, you know, and I think what I see in a lot of clients as well okay. is those people who are contemplating suicide mm -hmm. have no hope. There's nothing to live for, mm -hmm. you know, and whether that's my children or whether that's, you know, just, I don't know, just ending it all has never been 
in adult life is never something that's built to me. It certainly has in my past. You know, it's certainly something I have I have considered and come very close to. You know, climbed up on a bridge, getting ready to jump in front of a train when I was a teenager. Uh, you know, I've, I've been that close to it. And just appreciating appreciating life and you know the hope that things can get better. You know, but things things are okay. You know, I'm I'm quite content outside of being single. I would say to that my my life is really good. I really I really enjoy my life. You know, I'm doing I'm doing a job that gives my life meaning. You know, I'm helping people. People are literally alive because of me. You know, one one of the greatest things in my office is a handwritten letter I got from a young guy that was in college. He was about 20, 21. It was a handwritten letter thanking me, saying that my parents have a son because of you. My brothers have a brother because mm-hmm. of you. And, you know, I've, I've had many clients like that that have been on the brink of suicide. I've been ready to kill themselves. And the work I did with them and processing a lot of their trauma and stuff like that i remember one client actually a few months ago she had serious trauma uh, sexual abuse by her father when she was growing up and she was very resistant when she came in and you know i told her i said look i've been telling you it gets better i promise you that i said if you stick with this if you stick with this process it gets better and she was finishing up there a few months ago and she she literally had her hands praying thanking me crying thanking me saying I didn't think I could be this happy. I never imagined I could be this happy. She's crying and she's sobbing and she's, you know, just hands in prayer thanking me. I mean, where the fuck else are you going to get something like that? You know, it's, it's, it's a privilege to hear the stories that I hear. And, you know, it helps that I enjoy my job. I'm interested in my job. And, you know, sometimes it can be, it can be tough and you know some sessions and some clients are difficult to sit with and you know i hear some horrific things and you know i hear i hear abuse and you know you hear it and go fucking hell man that's 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 the worst shit i've ever heard like until someone else comes in and you're like fuck me i thought i i thought i'd heard it all already Hmm. but to be able to help people through that gives gives my life meaning to be able to make a difference you know not for any reason other than, you know, it's the right thing to do and, and I have the ability to, to do that. When is the next sort of evolution stage for Alan? Like, when does the next stage of your life begin? I don't know. You know, I don't know what's... I don't know what's next for me. I'm always... My life is kind of continual growth. I'm always trying to improve. I'm always trying to be a better person. And, you know, whether that's reading books every day, you know, as part of my, as part of my job, I have to do uh, 30 hours of CPD, continuous professional development every, every year. So I'm always learning something. I'm always happy to share that knowledge with people, you know, with the podcast, you know, it's all free. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm dishing out all my years of education and client experience and life experience. And you know, I'm 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 prepared to just sort of take away, just getting better, getting better, getting better. And you know, as I said, you know, who am I? Like a good man. Like that's that's my desire to be remembered as you know, he was a good man. Hmm. 
Who inspires you today? I think I've always I've always looked for mentors. I've always looked for other people to inspire me because I never had that. You know, I had a father that wasn't very present. I've always looked up to just people that are at the top of their game. You know, whether that's Formula One, the likes of Michael Schumacher and stuff like that, who would have been a huge uh, hero of mine sportingly. But there's no one that I really look up to and go, you know, you really you really inspire me or anything like that. It's and I wish I wish there was. You know, I've always wished with a with a mentor that someone came along and just went, you know what? You got potential. You know, an arm around the shoulder. Let, let me let me make your life a little bit easier. You know, it's been a fucking hard slog. It's been a hard slog since day one. Mm. And throwing the mix autism and you know, just fucking compounds everything and complicates everything. And um always wanting someone there to mm-hmm. be that helping hand along. Yes. That has never really been there, you know. So the problem with that then it has made me quite self-reliant mm. too much so I would say mm. you know, very reluctant to reach out for help because I can I can do it all myself anything I've ever wanted I've I've achieved mm. except play golf well and grow the podcast for, for whatever reason mm-hmm. but everything I wanted to do whether that was I want to be a DJ I did a DJ I wanted a DJ in the R&B club I used to go to I did that. I wanted to become a rapper. Became a rapper. I wanted to get on radio doing that. Got on radio. Got on TV. I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to win awards for acting. Won Best Actor in All-Ireland Finals. Won shitloads of awards for acting. So everything I've set my mind to, I've been able to achieve through just pig-headedness and, and determination. Yes. But was, yeah. always with the hope that I fucking wish I didn't have to. Yes. I wish someone was just there and got, hey, you've done enough. Let, 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 let me make it a little bit easier for you. Yes. Um, I want to speak with you quickly about, and we're still going to stay in this lightning round sort of setup, but um, like before, like when we decided that uh, we were going to have you as a guest, I went through the list of your episodes. Now, are you at episode 100 now? Yeah, this yeah this this episode is episode one hundred. One hundred. Okay, so first off, congratulations. Um, second off, uh, second of all, I know that you know you've had some other co-hosts. You've you you were with Peter in the beginning, and then Ashling, and then uh, I think your son even was helping you out as well. And now you're sort of solo, and I know how it gets. Like you being at a hundred episodes, you might not remember every every episode or every little detail about the episodes but i wanted to just pitch to you some titles that i came across that kind of spoke with spoke to me and maybe if you had one word um that comes to your mind or your heart when i speak these titles or and if you remember them thoroughly i'd love to hear a bit more about them but um i'm just going to read out some of the titles of your your show and you tell me what you think of either that episode or what comes to your mind with that title? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, toxic masculinity. 
forgot I did the episode <laughs> until recently. Yeah. Uh, as a male, as a male therapist, it does a lot of damage. It does a lot of damage to a lot of men. And there's a lot of men dead because of this attitude of man up. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a fucking bitch. You know, that, that has killed a lot of men. Uh, abusive relationships? Been there, done that. Mm. I've been in one. Yeah. Uh, that was that was a, a very good episode because it was from the perspective of a man that was in an abusive relationship. Mm. His girlfriend used to physically abuse him. Mm. Um, and, you know, this was before. This was pre-Johnny and Amber. You know, we were, we were covering topics like that. Yes. How to cope? How to cope? That was with uh, Johnny from the USA. Johnny had gave me one. Uh, he had a great term on the on the bike. He has, he has an app or a text service called Cope Notes. But he had this brilliant thing around mental health. It was like it was something I'm paraphrasing here, but it was, you know, if if your goal is to have really white teeth, you don't stop brushing your teeth when your teeth get white. Mm. And that was, that was the kind of analogy around mental health. Though. Stick with it. Keep doing it. Keep brushing your teeth. Mm. So that that that's something that always stood out from that episode for me. Uh, Irish state of mind. Irish state of mind. That was interesting. That was uh, just what it is to be Irish. I think we did that around St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. The generational trauma we carry. There was the famine. There was being colonized by the British. We're a nation with a inferiority complex. Um drink alcohol as as a cultural identity mm. and and all the problems that that brings so, stereotypes and stuff like absolutely that. Yeah, yeah. but we we embrace it we live up to it right right you know we're, we're happy to be recognized all over the world for our drinking and the pubs and all of that sort of thing but mm. really what a mask is it masks a lot of alcoholism so mm. for example in 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 intakes, I will ask clients uh, in the initial session of, you know, any significant events from childhood that stand out for you. And they say, oh, what do you mean by that? And I'll say something like, well, you know, were your parents still together? Any breakups, any uh, any alcoholism? And they say, ah, certainly my father liked to drink. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, what, what what do you mean by your father liked to drink? Actually, ah, we'd go down to the pub there for four or five pints every evening after work. And uh, he'd go down then, he'd watch the football and the horse race and then on the Saturday for the afternoon. And um, he might go down then after mass on the Sunday and have a few pints and then come home for, for dinner then that night. And what I will say to them is, in any other country in the world, might that be called a functional alcoholic? Mm. And they're like, Jesus, yeah. But it's the Irish thing, Lash really likes a pint. Sure, ah, sure. And he has a few pints and he's happy out. Yeah, there's also a fucking family at home that he's neglecting. There's also right. a lot of children that don't get to see him because he's down with his mates if he has them or his drinking buddies. Right. But this this is the cultural identity that we, we pride ourselves on. You know, if you go to an airport in Dublin, you know, if you're flying out of Dublin airport, it's not hard to spot the Irish. Because mm. there'll be ones drinking at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. You know, it, the French are having a, a coffee or an espresso. Right. The Irish are having pints. Are you, um, is there a favorite episode of yours by any chance so far? Now that you've reached that 100 benchmark? 
I don't think so. Um, there's no one in that come to mind. It's everyone has some. Everyone has something different. You know, I mean, one of one of the two eye-opening moments I think I've had on the podcast was um, we had a girl called Ashley. She was from the states. Uh, she's black, and she made us aware of sundown towns. Have you ever, have you heard of this? Say that last part. Sundown towns. Sundown towns. Yeah. What is that? No. Well, in America, is that a sex club? No, no, no. It's fucking pretty far from it, man. <laughs> it's um, certain towns in America where if you're black, basically get out of town before sundown because yeah. you are going. Something is going to happen. Oh, for sure. For yeah. Sure. And I remember you know, myself and Peter were like, and there's even the, I think in the promo clip, she's telling us about that. And, and all the two were like, Jesus, mm. fucking hell. Wow. Mm. You know, so that, that was an eye-opening moment. Another one was we had Sean who was on borderline personality disorder and he was telling us about uh, his, his dad when he was a young boy killed a chicken. Mm. And his dad tried to chop his head off with an axe for it. And when he wasn't allowed to chop his head off, he tried to drown him. You know, and to hear stories like that and to be able to, you know, and then he's telling us about, Sean was telling us about his own suicide. And, you know, he's fucking slashed open his wrist and there's blood dripping everywhere and he's trying to clean up the wrist so he doesn't make a mess. And, mm. you know, there, there's big moments like that. You're like, Jesus. But if you can look, I can listen back at any episode and go, fucking hell, we also we also did that. There was a girl called Pam. She was on around bipolar. We we great crack. She was great fun. But she was talking about having four or five suicide attempts. Mm. And you were like, Pam, it's not for you. Like, you're no good at it. Right. You're Leave it off now. <laughs> you know. <laughs> meant to be here, yeah. Yeah. It's great that you're fucking shit at trying to kill yourself. But you know, take the hint. <laughs> yeah, you're you're meant yeah. to be. Yeah. Cut it up. And, the, and the big thing for Peter, you know, and he said it on the 100th episode and he said it on, on his last episode that he was on last was like, he didn't realize you could joke around mental health. Mm. I was like, that's the fucking one thing you need to be able to joke about. You you know, you need to own this. You need to be uh, able to, to say that instead of going, oh my God, Jesus. Oh, you know, yeah, and that has its place. But sometimes you just have to fucking, you know, have the laugh. Yes. Yes, if you can't laugh at yourself, then... It doesn't belittle your experience. But, you yeah. know, you just have to go, fucking hell, like, that's some... What was that like? You know? And it's about recognizing that you've made it out of something. Like, you you were once in a, in, a, in a state that you are no longer in now. And you should be... You should find pride in that, and you should be able to laugh at yourself, to be like, yo, I was so... I was stupid to think that, you know, like that would have been better than this. Like, I stuck around more. I stuck around a bit longer, and I'm happy I did, you know? So, like, we have to be able to find some sort of humor in this experience we call we, we call life that we all share, you know? Like, we share life, all of us, all of us. We're, we're on this rock together, and uh, but we always think that we're so isolated. You know, you mentioned something earlier about um feeling lonely and you know i think life is also about navigating the difference between being alone versus feeling lonely 
you know there's a difference between that and i think I make that point to clients they are very different very different yeah, very right different. you can be on your own and not feel lonely you can be in a room of 20 or 30 people and still and still, still feel, feel lonely. lonely yeah you could be in a relationship that like it just it, that's the worst that is yeah. the worst loneliness and i've seen that in clients who when i bring their awareness to the fact that they are lonely in their marriage in their relationship it's worse because the expectation is that you've got your partner that you have someone that you're meant to feel special to or who is you know you're meant to feel connected to mm. and to not have that in the relationship i think is some of the worst loneliness that, that people can experience in in my experience of sitting with clients that that is that's a different type of loneliness i, I have a client and he don't don't great work and he comes in every every two months now or so but if i was a cruel man i can make him cry on cue every single time i mentioned this to him he starts crying he was in a very unhappy marriage when he when he came into me he's, he's now thankfully in a very happy marriage and he, our relationship and he's you know he's over the moon with his life but he spoke about come home from work and would sit at the top of the road in his van rather than go home <sighs> that gives me like uh, I, I i would never i don't ever want to be in imagine imagine the loneliness that it feels like i would sooner sit here on my own than go home and be disconnected from that well it's just like calling the you know we were talking about dating apps earlier like social networking people feel like they could find some sort of stuff in this like connection or connectedness or like feeling fulfilled and having all these friends and followers but it doesn't amount to real you still feel lonely you're still alone like you don't there is no fulfillment you know so imagine like in the flesh having someone in your life but yet still that's not cutting it because you yourself are not fulfilled with your own what is it like what do you what have you found like what is that caused by is it because the people themselves individually are not happy with themselves they need to learn how to spend more time have they spent their whole lives chasing fulfillment through the external bodies uh, you know like what 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 have you found a client, in, in terms of dating i just spoke with a client gave me a brilliant one years ago he was doing online dating and stuff like that and he said it's white bread mm. fills you up but there's no nutritional value Mm. kills time but it doesn't do anything for you right. no white bread it's tasty fills you up fucking yeah. no nutritional value and, and I think that's what and you know it's, I think it's a perfect description for, for dating apps and, and the majority of dating experiences you know yeah. the majority like I mean your age so what I see the difference is you know people will say your age and below all they're on dating apps are is to get Instagram followers mm. because they'll have their Instagram on. Don't use this much. Get me on Instagram. All mm. they want they're just rack. They're just racking up their numbers, and it's all, it's all this. You know, take away your followers. What have you got? Mm. Got nothing. You've no. You've no substance. Mm. You know, you wonder, and I see it with, you know, people that are attractive, and it's like congratulations. 23 chromosomes for your mother, 23 chromosomes for your father came together. 
and gave you a symmetrical face mm. that people identify as good looking. Mm. Your life is, and and it's and it's true. And I've seen it. I've seen it. And girlfriends have had it. I've been attractive. Life mm. is fucking much easier when you're an attractive person. <laughs> you know, particularly particularly attractive women because men are fucking idiots, and men are going to do anything and buy you anything at a chance of getting into your knickers. Mm. You know, it's 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 so much easier. You know, I remember I had a girl before. I was like, "Oh, I'm the mechanic, and he only charged me this for for the car." And and then you know, he said, and he gave me his number there, and he said, "If I've any if I've any problems with the car, give me a shout." I'm mm. like, "Are you for fucking real?" And she's like, "No, no, he's just you know, he's just he's just been friendly." I was like, "All right." A few weeks later, oh, that mechanic texted me to ask me out. Did he? Did he really? <laughs> Yikes. I don't know yeah, why my so camera. Good. I don't know why my camera is out of focus at the yeah, moment. You focus, You've seen it, right? I don't know what's going yeah, yeah. on here. That's the first time this has happened. Uh, but it's true. It's very true. Um, I want it just as we're wrapping up here. Like I know I can speak with you for forever. We've we've gone like an hour and twenty, almost twenty five minutes. Um, you know, I learn so much from you when we speak because um, I don't think it has anything to do with like age difference or profession or anything like that i think just you as an individual you intrigue me and i i like to listen to you speak because and it sucks to say this this might come across a a bad way to people listening because i don't want to just bring people who are like-minded on the show but you are kind of like you're i i see like you think the way I think in some aspects, yeah, and I yeah. think that's why we're able to speak, but that's not what the show represents. It's not about just bringing people who agree with things that I say or anything. It's just It just so happens that we're strangers and we kind of think similarly. Yeah. So I get inspired when I listen to you speak, and I've learned a lot today from you. I wanted to just, you know, say thank you for for showing up. And this won't be the only time you you pop up on the Who and How Club. Um, is there anything, you know, you mentioned um, uh, we we've been talking about decisions, and uh, you kind of shared a decision that you didn't really want to, you know, you got you had to make a decision and you stuck to it. Can you think of like the last decision outside of that decision in the relationship department that you had to make and you didn't want to like what was the last decision you had to make that you were like fuck i gotta make this decision and i gotta stick to my guns i don't really want to make it but it's for the greater good can you leave the people with with something like that today oh wow a total blank on that one i think i blew my load earlier on (laughs) (laughs) that's the yeah it's the latest thing right but like yeah yeah outside of that difficult decision something that you just had to pull your pants up and be like you know what i gotta i gotta do this yeah uh having to having to break confidentiality around a a client that was suicidal Mm, to get them supports additional supports how can one go 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 sorry go no that that was that was difficult you know, mm-hmm. that, it was it was made infinitely easier by the fact that she knew she needed help. Yes. Um, but having to, you know, navigate what you say without, you know, breaking full confidentiality of just mm-hmm. letting letting the doctors know or something like like you know this person needs help like 
and having to pull the professional card where she couldn't get help. Yes. Um. So that was that was a difficult thing of going. Okay, I need, I need to I need to report this. You have one minute to talk to the listeners, supporters. Let's just say the world at a podium and sticking on that difficult decision making process. What's your like final minute message to people when? Like, how can they deal with making those types of difficult decisions? What's your advice for them? What what kind of message would you leave with them? Uh, I think the biggest lesson I've learned in life is it comes down to love. That's all about love. I've seen people destroyed by a lack of it. And I've seen people saved by the presence of it. And with love for another person as your intention in your decision making regardless of what it is of what is what is your intention what is and maybe you know as, as a trained actor I, I would say I use this with clients of you know what's your motivation what's your intention mm. is your intention to cause harm is your intention to to help someone are you acting with malice mm. or are you acting from a place of care so your intention behind your decisions will dictate so much more than whatever the choice is. It's okay, yes, I, I need to do this thing that may be difficult, but it's for the greater good, you know, the short-term pain for the long-term long -term gain. Mm. So the intention behind your decisions, I think, is, is massive if, if, we're, if we're keeping it to decision-making. Mm. Let the people know where they can find you and how they can listen to the show, how often the show comes out and how they can follow you and all that jazz. Well, the, the, the podcast is in a state of transition now as I, as I move from having a co-host for yeah. 100 episodes to doing it on my own. Very, very similar dynamic to, to what we're having here. So yeah. it, moving forward now, it will be fortnightly. So every Tuesdays at midnight. The podcast is the Straight Talking Mental Health Podcast. You can get us on all the social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at STMH Podcast. So that's the user. That's the username across them all. The website then is uh, STMHPodcast.com. If people want to email in the show or contact myself, you can do that. You can get myself at Alan Clark on social media, uh, just A-L-L-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-E. Or you can email the show, which is hello at STMHPodcast.com. I know as a uh, fellow creator, we always want people to go back to the beginning to start with our content and indulge and work their way up. But let's just say there are some people who like to start in the middle, maybe start at the latest. Is there a particular episode you want you would suggest they start with or you'd want someone to start with that sort of encompasses uh, the uh, like your your show's theme and everything like that? Yeah, I probably should have had them open just to have a look at what we've done because I've forgotten. One, one of the early ones we did, uh, we had a client who was, she was raped by someone that was high profile in the, in the UK. She, she went under a, a false name on the podcast. She had been offered money by the tabloids. She was a fan of the podcast um, and she came on and um, she told her story you know, mm. around the trauma, uh, the rape, the EMDR, eye movement, desensitization, new processing that she underwent which helped uh, helped on that so i think that's that's one of our big episodes in terms of a theme that we covered do you know the episode number or the title so they could uh... get it now it's one that i know it's definitely one of the early ones 
Um, so that's episode 24. 24. Uh, with, with Helen, uh, as Helen quotation marks. And, you know, that's there. There's other episodes. People have, you know, people have listened to, we have, we had an email before of a guy whose life we'd saved. Mm. You know, he was ready to kill himself. Literally was in the process of going to the hardware store. I think it was either to get a hose or to get a rope. Um, someone just happened to send him the podcast. Kept him alive. He's still alive, you know, so. I think there's something for everyone in any of them, but um depends what you're looking for. You know, if there's guests, the early episodes were me doing uh doing a topic. Yeah. So you know, I think I think there's something I think you could check into any of them and you'll either get a laugh out of one of them or you'll learn something. You know, I, 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 as long as you're curious about people, you you yes. will you'll learn something from from Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, club members, there you have it. You know, it's all about the curiosity. You can get to know anybody, whether you're sitting next to them on the bus or the train or, you know, you've had a crush on someone for the longest time and you've wanted to slide into their DMs. You could do it just like we do it here on the platform. We speak with strangers, we get to know them in an in-depth way, and we re-invite them back so we continue to get to know them because growth is ever continuous. It doesn't stop. You don't stop growing. Just because we know something about you today, that stuff can change next week, and you could become an even greater or just different version of yourself. And that's what the Who and How Club represents. That's why Alan was on the show with us today. You know, straight-talking mental health, it... it, it it connects to what I've attempted, not attempted, but what I've been going through in my own personal journey with with therapy and psych, with my psychologist and the stories that I've shared and being in therapy for one year. Um, you know, I feel like I've met Alan Clark for a reason, and uh, I really wanted to shed light on who he was as a person, is as a person, who he will be, and what he's all about, his life story, his creation, and we're going to keep in touch with Alan and invite him back. So you all know the slogan, you are the who and how club i am the who and how club and we are the who's and how's of this world uh without you without me there is no we so while we're here let's talk mental health let's talk relationships life stories let's talk decisions those tough decisions that we all don't want to make but if we make them we'll become stronger all right we'll check in in a week i'm excited to get this episode out to the masses and uh thank you again alan clark for being here today thank you man really enjoyed that. Thank you.